Vote for your favorite K-pop of 2022. Visit 17karatkpop.substack.com for the link, and the results will be revealed on a December episode of the show. And please subscribe while you're at it, 17karatkpop.substack.com. Thank you. Welcome back to 17 Karat K-Pop. Today I have two big shoutouts of the day. We have to talk about Taeyeon's and Solgi's new songs, then get to just a ton of headlines. So let's dive right in, starting with Sulgi and her new album, which I named one of the best of October, 28 Reasons. Three main thoughts popped into my head when first checking out this release. One is that she would be so cool in a collab with Dove Cameron. Sulgi and Dove, let's make it happen. Second, this is a cool continuation, Irene and Sulgi subunit vibe of like the monster music video. And third, that she just shines as a soloist. And she really finds a cool place for herself in the SMCU, SM Entertainment Cinematic Universe. A very cinematic score here, really. And she says the Joker in other classic movies kind of inspired her music video character and songs. You can tell it's a lot of drama. Strings, piano, different orchestral elements mixed with synth and trap beats, and it's quite a layered variety. She was quite hands-on. One of the songs she wrote was Dead Man Running, which actually was chosen through a blind test. So the company picked out of a blind test that demo that she had made, without realizing she was behind it. Besides Dead Man Running, I want to shout out another B-side, Anywhere But Home. Because it's really good at mood setting. It sounds like this ominous, early on in a horror movie scene. Like a muffled haunted house party before the slasher aspect of the movie starts. As for the music video, full backstory about the SMCU in the episode Espa and Quania, Volume 2. There's also Volume 1, but Volume 2 is new and improved. Anyway, there are so many connections I see in the 28 Reasons video. There's the massive car wreck. That pivotal car wreck scene has been in so many different SM artists' work. Taman's character, that's a huge, huge deal for him. There's a car crash we see in Espa's episode 2. A flash of a car on fire in Exo's monster. Shinies tell me what to do. There's a broken car scene in several Taman videos, not just the main press your number robbery heist film. Kai's character encounters a car crash in the Super M teaser content, using his teleportation skill just in the nick of time before the car literally crashes to earth. This getaway car of sorts definitely worth keeping your eyes on. In its back, that pivotal scene. I would also note just the duality, good and evil Sulgi, because there are dimension hopping, parallel worlds, big overall themes of the SMCU. Although here though she does dive into the fact, at the end of the day they're both her. Made me think a lot of Taemin, who I also have special episodes all about, shameless plug, if you want to know the Taemin music video universe details. I see that parallel of showing the good and evil, but at the end of the day, emphasizing that they're one and the same with you. Sometimes one gets the upper hand over the other, but they're both always there. The angel on one shoulder, devil on the other in TV shows and movies. The devil never kills the angel or vice versa. They're both still there at the end of the day. Same here. And it really reminded me also of that pivotal presser number video with Taemin because blink and you'll miss it, the person tied up in with a mouth duct taped goes back and forth between being him and being someone else. Is he the one who did it to someone or is he the victim? How good and evil can coexist in one person is the overall premise of Sulgi's work, but beyond that too. 
The mattress also caught my attention. Made me think of Bad Boy by Red Velvet. That music video that starts with them waking up on this outdoor mattress like a big dream sequence is unfolding. And she says, quote, The music video draws out the self-conflict unfolding inside a dream. I show the good and bad conflicting as I dream, unquote. Basically, this cinematic story is in a dream dimension, much like the NCT dream dimension, the whole sea of unconscious that some of the characters enter in some of the universe short films. Notable then to remind you, the alter ego's lyrics take center stage in Idea by Taman, like a dangerous dream that swallowed me, and the more you try to trap me, I'll go off the rails. Other SMCU parallels, feeling like someone's watching her, Surveillance cameras, paranoia, those are recurring themes for different SMCU artists. The apple symbolism, which is pretty obvious. The fact in promo picture she's behind cracked glass, that breaking the screen moment is always pivotal. It's been in ESPA's content and CTs. Whenever a character breaks the screen, take note of it. I was reminded of an ESPA lyric about this duality. In Black Mamba, they sing, I'm the Espa, there can't be two, implying that the eyes, their alter egos, are going to replace them or they will merge with them. But they can't have just separate distinct identities. The evil and good have to merge into one being or one of them wins, but the status quo is unsustainable. So that interesting wrinkle in the story at first sounds like it goes against Sulgi's version of events, but the more you think about it, the more it makes sense. Like actually in Sulgi's case too, there can't be two. There can be and can't be at the same time. They both exist, but just within the same person. Just something to think about. Great, interesting, cinematic storytelling. Really shows our solo star power. And I gotta love the Easter eggs. Taeyeon, at long last, has released another SoundCloud track. It's called Fine, and it is more than fine. It's really a nice, interesting pivot. He really has shown a new side of himself with every SoundCloud release. We had bold, confident, flirty Taeyeon with Monroe, a personal favorite of mine. Then there have been other more consoling songs, more romantic in a different way, songs like Rose, then more consoling ones like Blue, and this is a very interesting continuation almost, like a sequel to Blue. So to celebrate a long time since his last SoundCloud upload, this was the perfect way to go. It felt full circle. Because he talks about a blue, a blue, like it's a place, a vast, kind of a black hole, but blue to him. And he sings in this song about the world feeling like he's drowning in this vast blue without you. He sings about both a relationship and his insecurities in it, but also just how he feels broken outside of the relationship too. My read of it is that the insecurities he sings about are not just about the relationship, like he doesn't measure up to his loved one. That's kind of a proxy for his emotions that are really about himself, and he's coming to terms with that through this song. It's not just I'm insecure about the relationship. I'm insecure by myself. I'm insecure about the relationship among me, myself, and I. So it's about the comparison game and trying to make peace with yourself and trust things will be alright. There's an interesting permission structure in the lyrics to cry because he says, tears don't come out because I'm an adult. Like, grown men don't cry. But then he says, I guess I'm a monster. I can't control my mind. I want to cry. So he's equating his childlike instinct to just cry to being a monster, a disgrace. 
But then he goes on to say, your tear marks tell me that it will surely be fine. As in signs of crying are also kind of an indication we will get through this together. And that's so interesting because in that lyric, he is praising a loved one for crying and being vulnerable with him. So by doing so, while he's saying, my loved one is superior to me, he's also saying, being able to cry still is actually the right way to be. That's actually the superior response here. So it's just an interesting paradox because what starts out sounding like a song where he's talking about feeling insecure because he is vulnerable and doesn't know how to show it, turns into a story about, I actually admire the people who do show it. It's not like I'm scared to be that person. I am that person scared to reveal it. And other people being that way makes me envious because I'm not confident enough in myself yet to just publicly air out my emotions. It's a very just introspective look at his life, what brings him comfort, what could bring him comfort, and how that comfort will come from self-improvement, self-reflection, emphasis on the self. But amidst all this, crying or not, the song's called Fine, and it's about everything will be fine in the future. Despite the heavy ruminations, it is just overlaying with this optimistic tone. Really well done again. His SoundCloud releases just continue to be such a cool, creative, unique outlet for him, and I'm so grateful he uses it. Time for the news roundup. Today I'm going to lay out the Omega X situation, and then encourage you to please go check out the group's music, performance videos, everything. They really are impressive and deserve so much better. So I don't want this to just focus on what happened to them, but what they're capable of as performers and why they deserve better. So this really impressive, wonderful, hardworking group was mistreated. Basically what happened was they were in the U.S. for a tour. So keep in mind the context of a group is in a foreign country. That's daunting on its own, period. And in this foreign country, they were stranded by their manager. Footage was taken of the manager yelling at them outside of a restaurant, calling them losers, getting into a physical scuffle with them. The CEO was really making quite a scene. She grabbed him. She told him to just get over it. She even said, you know, stop being a singer if it's so hard for you to handle emotionally. Left in LA with one staff member, they had to pay their own way back, which included reaching out to family to help fund it. So scary. One way to tell a statement is less than sincere is when they have to issue more than one very quickly and they change their position. The consistency isn't there. That's what happened here. The first Spire Entertainment statement basically said, we understand fans' concern upon the viral footage. It looks bad. It is bad. But it was a misunderstanding. It was a heated, heat of the moment argument. We resolved our differences. The fight is over. It's okay. We're all good now. Everyone's safe. Everyone's fine. Not only was this super vague, so it did not restore confidence, as they had probably hoped it would, or at least gotten people to move on, it wasn't just not reassuring, but they also made it sound like they were equals. Like we came to an understanding. We were in a disagreement. Not one party was mean to the other, but we were mutually at fault here. That definitely did not get fans to just forget about this. Then they issued a different statement to the news telling SBS, quote, We have been discussing the flight cancellation for days. It is not true that we have stranded the members in the U.S., unquote. Well, SBS dug into it. They confirmed the group was left in L.A. with one manager, no other staff, the other staff left on the plane, and the members' flight tickets were canceled on their behalf, showing, hey, this was not a mix-up, this was vindictive. 
Then more backstory surfaced from SBS reports about how apparently this incident had been nowhere near the first time a verbal and physical altercation took place with the manager abusing Omega X. Really intense stuff I don't want to get too into the details on, especially as someone with anxiety and panic attacks. I really feel for them and this is just kind of hard to talk about. So very, I'm just so personally outraged at this kind of treatment of people, you know. I know what it's like to, I don't know what it's like to be stranded in a different country. That's a whole other level, but I will say, I know what it feels like when people judge your mental illness and think you must be dramatic or something. If you're not acting, quote unquote, the right way. When you fear something in a disproportionate amount, in an unrealistic way, instead of empathy, I know it's like to be treated with disdain, with disgust, etc. So anyway, just heinous treatment constantly towards them, as well as the fact they were told to tour still with COVID. Had to go on with the show like they didn't catch a lethal virus. The hotel guards apparently had to deal with the CEO before too who had been causing a ruckus outside the member's hotel room. In fact, cops were dispatched on two occasions during their stay. Video and chat logs were resurfaced showing the CEO actually pressured them to pay off the company's debt. Ian has been seeking settlement money, so maybe we'll terminate her contract if you pay up in the ballpark of two hundred dollars to $300,000. Remember, this doesn't even count the money they scrapped together for a flight home. The chat logs also seem to just overall show a culture of management being enabling towards each other. Just all kind of sticking it out, them against the group. Cursing sessions, threats of lawsuits. A reporter wanted a follow-up statement and reached out to the CEO, who then responded with, quote, can you call me later, unquote, saying she was very sick and had been rushed to the hospital. Unclear if she really was. This CEO would also just call and wake them up at dawn. Outside of scheduled hours, they were really overworked. Four members are currently being treated for anxiety, panic disorder, and insomnia. This has also hurt the group because the drama two of them filmed, A Shoulder to Cry On, had to push back its debut date to who knows when. They indefinitely shelved the project in the wake of all this drama. And any regret the CEO might have seems to really come into question, given social media posts that said things like, you have lies, but I have the truth. That was direct quote. You have lies, but I have the truth. Weird subtweet kind of posts in the wake of these allegations. Again, look for inconsistencies. You have a statement saying, all is done now, we buried the hatchet. Simultaneously, the CEO is saying, you're all liars about what happened. So did it happen and it's all good now? Or did it never happen and they lied? Can't be both. So anyway... I honestly worried this was it for the group because financially they're clearly in a bind and will be for a long time now given legal fees if the CEO puts up a fight. But the members are so resilient and they actually kind of found a workaround, a way to communicate with fans. Technically, they're not allowed to, under their strict contract, to communicate without approval, message approval from the company. Through official channels. There's no rule against posting on unofficial channels what you want to say. So they unfiltered have shared statements on a new account they created on Instagram. Their words include, quote, Although there were happy times, we also had to endure painful times. When our suffering recently became known to the world, we were worried that everything we've accomplished up until now would evaporate. However, we have now decided to put our fears behind us and muster courage together. 
Our group was a second opportunity for our 11 members who gathered together after rising from difficult times of despair and refusing to give up on our dreams. Thanks to our fans, we were able to endure the past two years. There were days when we received such unwarranted treatment from our agency that it made us want to cry, but our only source of strength was remembering the cheers of our fans and reading their messages of support over and over as we tried to fall asleep. Just as we have up until now, we plan to continue to chase our dreams up until the very end. We will stand before our fans once again with good music and performances. Our 11 members, who have all had the same goal, and our fans, who share our dream, are the most precious things in the world to us, and we never want to lose them again, unquote. Yet another statement has come out from the company that's still kind of vague, but sort of an apology. And the CEO, after all this pressure, did resign voluntarily. Not ousted, resigned. Would love to have been a fly on the wall to hear the management discussions, if they ever even considered ousting the CEO, or if it was always going to have to be voluntarily doing it. What's interesting, the CEO is married, the former CEO now, is married to a very high-ranking executive at the company. Not sure if that executive role is different now going forward, but just an interesting wrinkle. That means the ouster, any vote to oust your spouse, probably not going to happen. This resignation is the best that could have been likely to happen. But it doesn't matter, and it just makes me angry and not super satisfied because there's still so much damage in the wake of this. To the members' mental health, physical health even, mental and physical health are very related, probably so worn down. The stress is bad for them, the fear, the perpetual state of fear, plus the fans, this has hurt them, this has hurt the boys' acting aspirations. Just so much healing has to happen, really hoping it can. But the first step was taken, much more needs to be done. Some sort of investigation to know kind of top to bottom how this sort of culture was created and cultivated because then a blueprint could be created. This to not happen again. The latest is that the group members are taking legal action. They have lawyered up to sue Spire Entertainment. And they further show they will have leeway going forward in what they share with the public because they actually shared their press conference via Instagram Live. Also, shout out to Just B, who aren't even from the same company and actually debuted the same day as Omega X. So the ultimate ingredients to pit groups against each other, start a rivalry, try to overshadow each other on anniversaries or whatever. But no, not at all. Shout out to Just B, who, in solidarity with Omega X, canceled their own press conference to make sure the spotlight would show and stay focused on Omega X. So the Omega X press conference replaced Just B's showcase and Just B allowed that to show solidarity. I just love that so much. And go support Just B's music to thank them. So the members are still communicating on social media, keeping us in the loop as much as possible, which may be lessened over time, but now not because a manager is overly controlling, but just for legal purposes, certain things you can't say publicly while that's playing out. I will keep you posted, but that's the latest, is that they're pursuing legal action, and it sure looks like they have a very solid case against the company. That has probably just ended its existence as a company because they weren't financially great before all this came to light. And Omega X was their main group. That's karma for a company that treats people like cogs in a machine. When they get fed up, they can stop the machine.
Here is a quick rundown of the most important things to note from the HYBE community briefing. It was a lot of exposition, I guess you could say. A lot of talk about the behind-the-scenes machinations and the long-term outlook for the company, their evolution concept, the whole ethos of evolution, their mission statement, the desire to co-evolve with the times. So they talked a lot about kind of business branding and how, interestingly, Mr. Bang has been has kind of outlined in his head five years worth of what's coming. So much, much, much in store across many, many months. The specific news that is worth remembering from the event, December 7th, mark your calendars for the debut of AND Team, the first Japanese boy group from HYBE. Then December 19th, New Jeans will release OMG off of an album they have coming January 2nd, 2023. Then the new year will be shining even brighter with TXT releasing a mini album in January. Mini-sode 3, Hope is the best fan ever. I don't know, you never know, maybe they'll call it that. Apparently the biggest hurdle at the moment is deciding how to incorporate the quote-unquote secret weapon into the choreography. This TXT comeback will involve a secret weapon, a new side of them. So that kind of helps my theory about what they'll call it. Hoang Minhyun from New East is ready to drop a solo album after his Alchemy of Souls Part 2 appearance. Then, also in the first half of 2023, tentatively, new music from Fromis 9 and 17, plus the start of Island Season 2, which production has already begun on. The Pletus subunit also hinted at debuting their own boy group, probably through a reality show. They didn't say that there, that's just my guess. KOZ, Zico's company, with Zico very involved in the process, are currently preparing to debut their own group as well. I bet the goal is to have a representative band, at least one, for each subsidiary of HYBE in this new format. A face of each sector, besides just the ones known now. A new face to go on top of it for each part of HYBE. And Le Seraphim are preparing a world tour and more fan interactions, in-person fan meetings for Japan and South Korea. Again, this is just me speculating while we're talking about HYBE, but I do think New Jeans will probably have a TXT-style debut tour where it's like a mini showcase in the USA. Just a thought, maybe with Le Seraphim, but probably their own thing. I truly think already, with just literally you can count on one hand how many songs they have out, I think they could still turn out a crowd already. Here are all of the 2023 K-pop tours and out so far, and I will keep you posted at 17karatkpop.substack.com where I have links to where to get tickets, all that good stuff. 6. Kane Daniel, Yun Tak, N Flying, Mamamoo, Le Seraphim, PH1, One Us, AOMG artists, plus two encore Stray Kids shows in California, March 31st and April 2nd at the Bank of California Stadium. All that just as of recording time. So many to be announced, I'm sure. Again, 17karatkpop.substack.com. I will have a living document that I keep updating with 2023 info. Also look out for Blackpink making history in summer 23 with the Hyde Park Music Festival. They'll be the first Korean headliner ever for that London event, July 2nd. Plus, Jackson Wang will perform at the inaugural Lollapalooza India in January. 
1OK Rock will open up for Muse on tour with Evanescence. That starts February 25th in Chicago, by the way. 1OK Rock's part of the tour anyway. That is just so already iconic. Speaking of iconic J-Rock, Miyavi is touring again, this time as part of a big supergroup, with four iconic Japanese artists teaming up, calling it the last Rockstars tour. Love every bit of this. It's Miyavi, Hyde, Sugizo, and Yoshiki. Their debut live shows will kick off in January, after the release of at least two singles that as of recording time are not released or even have a release date, but very soon. So after their debut shows in February, they will come to New York and then LA. Hopefully more going forward. Jungkook will perform a special song for the World Cup, which starts November 21st and runs through December 19th. He'll perform at the opening ceremony. Speaking of the World Cup, ITZY are featured in a star-studded McDonald's commercial for it. The boys have a show that you can watch online and off December 2nd and 3rd from South Korea. And Bandmade, they opened up for Guns N' Roses November 6th in Japan. So iconic. Speaking of even more iconic, J-Rock. Very excited to say the latest COVID counts, really not as high as they usually are when it comes to famous stars getting COVID. The latest, as of recording time, TXT's Taehyun, Taeyeon from Girls' Generation, Yeonjin from Lay Seraphim, and Kim Jaehyun from N-Flying. Lay Seraphim were in a minor car accident. Kim Chae-won and Ha Yeonjin, yes, the one who got COVID, both ended up in that car that got hit. Their promo was put on hold as they dealt with minor injuries, including muscle pain and bruising. VLive is officially done. Weverse and VLive will complete their merger December 31st of this year. There's a statement through VLive you can see, laying out a ton of particulars about this, about account transfer info, things like that. But it's really happening. Weverse basically ate up VLive. Denuri, an uncrewed South Korean spacecraft, played BTS's Dynamite in space. Not just like one of those, hey, let's have a soundtrack with human requests that we share with the aliens and circle the world. This was like, no, we are actually playing music. That's the purpose of the mission. It's not just a soundtrack for it. It is the mission. Because previously, they had actually tested with the Dynamite video if it would work, playing a video from space. It sure did, so they tried playing a song from space, which was also successful. It's cool, but it's also very important. It's a way to prove you can transmit data from space to Earth. We know we can do it from Earth to space, but verifying that you can do it from space to Earth is, that might come in handy someday. But when it does, it'll just be aliens telling us like, what was that song called? That's a bop. Start him out as army. Love to see it. One of my J-pop all-time faves, Maria from Garnedelia, is now married and shared beautiful wedding photos on the beach from the occasion. So happy for her. Happy for Chancellor, too, who is now married, and sang a song at his wedding with Marshall and Bumkey. Congrats to Max Chainman, who's now a dad. BAP reunited due to Yeonjae enlisting. Lapalus announced their fandom name, Lapis, which they said means jewel, but Filipino fans also pointed out it sounds like the word for pencil, which isn't bad either. Draw your future with the group. There's a metaphor in there somewhere. New Jeans have also announced their fandom name, The Bunnies, aka Toki in Korean. Their light stick also looks like a bunny head. Big band member slash company changes. 
Yebin from Dio signed with Yum Yum Entertainment. Woods officially did, as rumors thought, join Edam Entertainment, a used company, which is really good for him. Alexa just signed with United Talent, although ZB Label will also still work with her. I Chillin added a seventh member, Jun Jiyoon, from Girls Planet 999. Light Sum is now going to be a six-member group due to Huiyun and Jian leaving. Bang Yi Dam and Mashiho, both from Treasure, have now left Treasure and terminated their contracts with YG Entertainment. Yidam wants to focus on producing full-time, Mashiho has lingering health issues, and decided to keep that his focus. Bandit has disbanded. They first debuted just in 2019, and they were really picking up steam again, I was hoping, with their latest comeback, but there was quite a gap between comebacks. That's often a group's downfall, unfortunately. Lizzie from After School, aka Park Soo-yeon, signed with BK Entertainment. Soo-hyun from AOA left FNC Entertainment and signed with a new agency to focus on acting. Kim Min-hyun from Pristine and then Hanapia, the spinoff, signed with K+, as an actress. Sayan from TFN is on a temporary hiatus due to hearing loss. Also on a temporary hiatus from its nine members, Lee Sayerom and Lee Soyeon, both for health issues. ITZY debuted their first capsule collection with Charles and Keith. There's a new BTS cosmetics line out that features three different lip-sleeping mask products, they're called, with Laneige, I believe it's pronounced, L-A-N-E-I-G-E. They smell like butter, peach iced tea, and candy. It'd be so funny if there was a mint one, just to see Namji's reaction and who put that in the suggestion box. If you check out the Simpsons episode, From Beer to Paternity, you will hear a bit of Lovesick Girls by Blackpink, because apparently Lisa Simpson is a K-pop stan. Of course, we love. I once again am asking for your bias from the party posse. Who was your party posse bias? If you know, you know. NCT 127's performance was featured on MTV's Fresh Out Live. SM Entertainment has been posting about this new report they've issued. They say there's a new report out about their commitment to sustainability and their impact. It's part of their partnership with the UN Global Compact in the ESG initiative, environmental social governance, but I haven't found the report anywhere. I see their posts about the report with no links to anything. So maybe it's just an internal thing they did, and they're just publicly confirming that. But if anyone wants to give me a copy, would love to read it. Truly very curious. I just find companies fascinating. I'd particularly be interested in knowing if they took any eco-friendly actions when deciding to go the NFT route, because that uses just a monumental amount of energy burns a monumental amount of carbon. So that's something they should probably reconsider, just saying. Some new first week album sale totals. I Love by G Idol, 314,000 copies in day one. The first week record was actually over 678,000, and the last first week record was just 176,000. Les Seraphim's Anti-Fragile sold over 560,000 copies in week one. In terms of how many countries different songs topped iTunes in. Ten's Birthday, 13. Chen, Lassin, 31 regions. G Idol's I Love, 40. Jin's The Astronaut, 97. Also in day one, it surpassed 700,000 album copies. And miscellaneous view count updates. 2 million views on Boy by Real 
and Jackpot by 4Eve. 10 million views on Sour by The Rose and Sexy Nukem by Balming Tiger and Aran. 20 million, We Fresh by Coupler. 30 million, The Astronaut by Jin. 40 million, Anti-Fragile by Le Seraphim. 100 million, Nude by G-Idle, Christmas Evil by Stray Kids, and Talk That Talk by Twice. 200 million, Shut Down by Blackpink. 300 million, G by Girls' Generation. Actually, their first time hitting 300 million views. 400 million, Pink Venom by Blackpink. 600 million, Love Scenario by Icon. 700 million, Money by Lisa of Blackpink. 1.5 billion, Boom by Ah by Blackpink. 1.6 billion, Boy with Love by BTS featuring Halsey. 20 million streams, Taeyeon and Wanstein's Love Theory. 100 million streams, for the first time for Jesse with Zoom. 240 million streams for V's Singularity and 450 million streams for RM's mono mixtape. Thanks to Kyrgyzstan, who would have thought, Lalisa by Lisa has now won for most number ones in different countries. She reached number one on iTunes in 103 regions. She just surpassed Adele's record to become the female soloist topping that category. Lay Seraphim surpassed 2 million Instagram followers, Taeyeon SoundCloud surpassed 32 million total streams, and his Love De Luna OST reached 14 million streams, and New Jeans surpassed 1 million YouTube subscribers. The Rose are the latest Korean act to be featured on the Grammys Global Spin series. Speaking of Grammys, BTS has three nominations. They're nominated in Best Music Video for Yet to Come. Best Pop Duo or Group Performance for My Universe, their collab with Coldplay. And because of that collab on Coldplay's album, Music of the Spheres, they're also nominated in the Album of the Year category. At least RM, J-Hope, and Sugar are. All artists and songwriters featured get credits on Album of the Year nominations. So One from G Friend signed with We Entertainment, O-U-I Entertainment, and will now go by her full name, Kim So One. The KBS Song Festival announced their hosts, Jane Wanyan, Na Inwoo, and Kim Shinyun. Wan Ho will enlist in the military December 5th. I will have action items in an upcoming episode, a bunch of them, in the holiday spirit about how you can give back to your communities. I'm not forgetting action of the day. I will just be doing it next time, once I finish my big compilation. Thank you all for tuning in, and I will talk to you all again very soon. Bye, everybody.